You are about to receive messages that may be harmful to your mental state. Your sense of reality will be questioned. Your view on things will be altered. You are now part of the meta. The meta controls everything. The meta determines what will and will not happen. You are watching the meta show. Good afternoon everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Meta Show. We are the show that will single-handedly ensure that Bernie Sanders is the Democratic nominee for president in 2020. If you haven't heard that here, if you heard it here first. <laughs> oh my. Uh, just so people know to clarify, uh, we're not going to do any like real-life politics on this show. Like There might be an odd, snarky comment. We are like talking to... Uh, Grath Telkin and uh, Dirk McGurk are on board. I'm going to be having a conversation with uh, Big Bill the Boss. And uh, next week, we might have like an actual real world politics show, uh, but it'll be a completely separate show. We know that when people are turning in for the meta show or when you're turning up for a fireside chat, you are not here for politics. You're here for spaceship politics. They're very similar. It turns out the more that I do the research, it turns out that there's a lot more overlap between this shit in terms of like informational and organizational war games than I thought. But next week, you can probably expect to see after the meta show a separate new show uh, that's Grath, me, uh, Dirk McGurk, and possibly uh, Big Bill the Boss uh, for all that kind of stuff. But for here, we have a whole bunch of, we've got a really interesting show today. We've got the DDoS stuff to talk about. We have uh, Norris is going to be joining us from uh, the leader of Fraternity, and we're going to be getting a different perspective on all of everything that's happening involving the Chinese player base and the, uh, the fighting that's been happening there. So... I'm pretty pumped and I'm glad to be back as well, guys. Uh, I see the hype train is going. Thank you so much for throwing money at the screen. Uh, I will spend it on, I don't know, wings and food and scotch. I, I don't really actually, at some point I'm gonna have to check to see how much is in is in there. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for coming guys. We're gonna, we're gonna get started and I'm glad we're back. We had to skip last week because of all the DDoS stuff. And right in the middle of the fireside, we saw that uh, we might be seeing more DDoSing happening in EVE Online. So a uh, brisk, um, what do you think about this? Where are we going? Well, I, one of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, this week in particular because of the DDoS, and it rolls into Plex for Good and the DDoS and a lot of other things, and that is the resiliency of the EVE community. Now, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I played a ton of games. I played a ton of online games in the last 20 years. I've been through situations where games have gotten DDoSed, and we'll go into more detail about what that is and, and, and the implications of it later. I have never seen a game get hit by almost two solid seven-day weeks of DDoSing from whatever, and, and whatever the impact of the actual DDoSes are and the mitigation that they take, the result has been the game has been unplayable for many players around the world for almost two weeks. And guess what? This community is still here. People are still here. You're still watching the show. People are still interested in EVE Online. They're still tweeting about it. They're still going to EVE events. EVE London is going on right now. We see the Plex for Good campaign, which happened right around the same exact time frame. In fact, some people think that maybe the, the news coverage over the sale of the gold magnate and, and those types of things might have mm -hmm. caused or at least precipitated some of the DDoSing because it, it started happening right around the same day that these stories started coming out. The community is still here. We're able to do big things. We're still together. We're still playing the game. Even players like me, I had trouble getting in the game for seven, eight, nine days I, was, I ended up 
getting a VP, uh, you know, a, a VPN so I could play through a London server so that I could get behind wherever these DDoSs were coming, and that helped for a little bit. It didn't save my Titan Pod, which I lost in a disconnect. But hey, you know, things things happen. But the point is, this community, which which was built not by CCP, this community that was built by the players, is one of the most resilient and strong communities in gaming. And regardless of what people want to say about us, that we're toxic, that this is a hardcore game, we let people scam, we do all kinds of metagaming inside and outside the game, the reality is this is one of the most cohesive and big-hearted communities in gaming, and it sticks together. Even when people can't physically play the game, it doesn't have an impact on the stuff that we do. So, I mean, Plex for Good, just look at that. Over the same time period, we raised over $107,000 for the victims of the Australian uh, brush fires that uh, that CCP donated through the Icelandic Red Cross to the Australian Red Cross. That's huge. And over the life of Plex for Good, we've donated $578,000, more than $578,000. This, re I mean, just, just the last one was 2.6 million Plex were donated. That's 448 actual years of game time. This community is the most big-hearted community you're going to find. I, 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 I challenge any other gaming community, no matter how long you've been around or anything like that, to put up numbers like us when it comes to helping our fellow players out when they are in need. And that's, that's I think, a tribute not to CCP. Yes, thank you for creating this game that we all like to play. But it's the people, the groups outside, the community that's fostered through events, that's fostered through shows like this, through other shows, through people streaming, through Eve meets around the country, that keeps people going and keeps people playing this game long after it's stopped being fun or we've done all the content that we want to do. So I want to say a big shout out to the EVE community. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for everything you did for Plex for Good. Thank you for sticking with the game even when you can't play it, regardless of what the reasoning is, because that, that says a lot about us and a lot about you. And I don't think any other game would have lasted a two-week-long situation where people couldn't physically log in. Everybody would go play something else. But you know what? It is 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and there are 33,000 people logged into EVE Online. That's pretty good. So that's my rant for this week. I, uh, I want to riff on this for a little bit, actually, because uh, one of the things that I've discovered over the years of playing EVE or, like, running an empire in EVE uh, is that, you know, the rest of the gaming community thinks that we are a bunch of bloody-handed psychopaths. And certainly within the game, that may be true in the case of some of us. And I think that Brisk's point is a, a really good one, that, you know, we do all these amazing things outside of the game in terms of, like, charity drives and doing cool things. Um, but I, I think the, the resilience of EVE players is really interesting because I think in many cases uh, it is almost precisely because we want to fight each other so badly and CCP repeatedly, throughout, you know, through most of the history of EVE Online, there is some sort of stupid shit that's happening that CCP has done, or there's some sort of stupid shit that's happening in the form of a DDoS, or there's something stupid shit that's happening, not that the company has done intentionally, but that the players has found, have found some sort of new way to break the game, or there's a T20 scandal, or there's just, you know, there's so much stupid stuff that potentially is a roadblock to playing EVE Online and killing each other that I, I think that maybe the reason why the EVE Online community is so resilient and also has developed the reputation for uh, just obsessive focus is actually that in order to play the game of EVE at all, to like really get involved in it and like do this, you have to overcome so much completely random, 
unpredictable adversity that, uh, you know, it, it's just, it takes it to another level. So I thought it was very inspiring when we decided that we were going to deploy the, the GEF uh, to the north uh, last week in the middle of this DDoS stuff. And the reaction was not, oh, wow, this is going to suck. The reaction was, if we're going to be able to kill people in our video game, we are all just going to have to get VPN subscriptions and just go into it. And like everybody's like, okay, well, we're getting DDoS now. Uh, we're, we're getting VPNs and now we can log in and this is what we're doing. And so instead of like, basically EVE players will climb mountains to be able to blow up other EVE players. And I think that that is, it says a lot of interesting things about us. It's uh, where a lot of, I think as a community and as or our organizations end up being so complicated and fascinating and hardened compared to like a guild in World of Warcraft. And like, this is one of the, the things that keeps me playing EVE because for me playing EVE isn't logging into the game. It's the people and the organizations and building organizations and orgs in EVE to survive. Even the humblest alliance in NullSec, right? Like just take the Imperium off the table. Let's talk about some completely random, no-name mid-size alliance. The kind of stuff that a random mid-size alliance has to do in order to just be able to play EVE in NullSec is such an organizational challenge that your average World of Warcraft guild wouldn't even last 30 seconds. Like they would just crumble, they would break. You know, those other games, those guys, they got they get DDoSed or something. They're like, well, I'm gonna go over here and do whatever. EVE players are like, uh, okay, you're DDoSing us, uh, but we wanna kill each other so badly that we're just gonna find a way around it. We'll find our way around a DDoS. We'll find our way around a like a CCP screw up, we'll find our way around horrible bugs. EVE players will find a way to mash spaceships together at each other and then brag about who won and who lost and be dicks to each other. So uh, it is uh, really just one of the uh, most powerful forces in the universe, I think, is an EVE player's desire to uh, murder zone another EVE player uh, in the game. And I think that that, uh, that dedication then has uh, effects. We see these charity drives. I think the charity drives do so well precisely because EVE players, in order to play the game, have developed a level of resilience and organizational talent um, that I find inspiring. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, that's my little actually feel good kind of rant about uh, how much we're a bunch of murderous psychopaths and how that makes the world a better place. So uh, there you go. All right, so we're going to hit our top story. The top story, obviously, is going to be the DDoS. We want, we're not going to go into too much detail. We just want to get through this and, and talk a little bit about it because our guest, Noras of Fraternity, who will be joining us with the NullSec Power Hour, is here, and we want to get him on. So uh, without further ado, the top story of the day. So unless you've been living under a rock, and obviously you're not because you're watching the show, EVE Online has been going, undergoing some pretty significant external threats in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this started on January 27th. The first DDoS uh, began hitting the EVE Online servers, uh, and there were multiple DDoSs over the next few days. Now, for those of you who are you know, not computer savvy, or as, as my favorite radio host would say, those of you in Real Linda, and if you get that reference, I appreciate it. Uh, a DDoS attack is essentially when you, it's a distributed denial of service attack. It is essentially when a large number of random computers that are infected with malware or viruses that are under the control of someone are able to flood the system of uh, either a certain IP address or a certain website or, or certain servers, wherever they want to go, with useless information to the point that it overflows and it, and it basically shuts down that uh, 
program or server or website or whatever be, from being able to, to figure out what's good information, what's bad information, and it shuts the whole thing down. We saw that start on the 27th of January, and it has happened pretty much daily, or at least we've, we've been hearing from CCP that this is the result of DDoS's daily. Now, I want to show you, this was a map of, of the, one of the worst days, which was uh, January 30th. And it, you can see on here, this is the digital attack map. There's a website that, that basically shows DDoSs that are happening at any given time throughout the day. This was January 30th. Now, you'll notice Iceland's wow. being hit. That's not, that's not where, the, where the EVE Online servers are located. They're located in Great Britain, but that's also where Great Britain is. You can see in the center of that map there, GB is getting hit pretty hard. That was one of the days where a large number of players could not get online. And you saw attacks in UK, the US, and Iceland. And, and I think th these, these kind of ran concurrently over the last couple of days. So what ended up happening is, in order to try to get people online, CCP, like any other company, has DDoS mitigation uh, uh, servers that they, that, they, that they pay for, services, I should say, not servers. And the DDoS mitigation, basically, their goal is to try to figure out, all right, what is coming, what is a DDoS coming in? What is actual players trying to play coming in? And the mitigation, it's not always perfect, and I think a lot of what we were calling the DDoS was in reality the effects of mitigation, in particular those of us in the East Coast of the United States that could not log in for a significant amount of time. And I'll tell you right now, until I got a VPN, and I, I, I'll do a plug for NordVPN, I think they're pretty good, I use NordVPN. Uh, until I got that, I was physically not able to log into the game. I even had problems getting in the client for the last couple of days. And, and essentially, uh, Without that, I couldn't. I could not log in at all. But I'm like ten miles away from all of the major internet relays for the East Coast of the United States. They're they're in Reston, and and in and in uh, in Lorton, Virginia, and I'm I'm in Centerville, which is like ten miles from there. So I was getting swept up in all of the mitigation and the DDoSing that was going on that was coming from the United States. So I couldn't log in, and that was a big deal. And a lot of players are still having problems. We had intermittent chat problems, and from the meta perspective. The players who could log in were taking advantage of the fact that they could log in to go do stuff in space when you couldn't defend, when, when folks that couldn't log in couldn't defend it. Uh, it is was, EVE Online, right? Like that's why we all at a certain well, level know that we have to go and get the VPN. We have to do whatever we can to get back into the game because if our enemies can do something and they have a chance to like skull fuck us, they're gonna do it. Like nobody pulls punches in EVE Online, right? Like. Nobody is ever going to like go, oh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll just be sort of nice if there is a way that we can, you know, and it goes for anybody. So, you know, I think we saw that, uh, it, it, you know, Ranger Regiment, I believe, ended up like losing a Keepstar or something like that happened, which we'll be uh, talking about. Um, but yeah, yikes. So essentially, I mean, so basically this was, this was a pretty, pretty significant deal. And a lot of the smaller groups in particular, uh, there were some posts on, on the forums uh, about some of the USTZ-based groups that were particularly impacted because of the East Coast issue, the East Coast blackout that we saw, that that had a lot of a lot of problems. So the real question is, I think there's two things that I'm, I'm mostly concerned about. One, was CCP's publication and discussion and communication of the DDoS, the impacts and the like sufficient? Was it good enough? Did they give us enough information? Have they been as forthcoming as they could have been? Uh, I think that that's a lot of questions, and we could do a show just on that, to be honest, because I'll be blunt. I think 
we know that they were DDoSs for the first couple of days. But the idea of a sustained DDoS over a nine or 10 day period is, is so unprecedented and unlikely that we had PC Gamer articles and Kotaku articles coming up after like eight or nine days saying, hey, this has never happened before. This is kind of a big deal. But I don't know if, I, and, I, and I have not heard from CCP one way or the other uh, because they've been very tight-lipped about all of this. Is this the DDoS or was this the mitigation that was causing the problems? Now, I think the reason for that is obvious. If it's the DDoS, that's an outside, that's a force majeure, it's an act of God, it's outside of their control, they don't have to do anything. But if it's their mitigation that was causing the problems for a lot of people, that's when you're going to have legitimate arguments being made, well, or what are you going to do for, for the folks that were affected? And maybe they don't want to go down that route. So by not putting the information out, that might make it easier for them to have to decide whether they want to help people or not. Whether I get my Titan pod back, I don't know, I put a ticket in, I'm waiting to hear back, we'll see. Um, whether they have to do anything in terms of game time or skill points like they've done in the past for the chat server stuff, I don't know. So maybe that's why they don't want to they don't want to put the information out with more detail. And then again, as noted in the chat, this is a very technical, very savvy player base. There are a lot of people in IT. I know this because you guys in IT drive me fucking crazy all the time with how pedantic you are. And I know that they feel the same way sometimes. So perhaps they don't want to go into the detail because they don't want to end up lawyering a bunch of stuff with people who are going to argue, well, that can't possibly be the answer because this is how this works. And I know because I've done this and that and the other thing. So I feel like that's that's kind of where some of the breakdown of communications are. But I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But again, we can talk about all that stuff. And then the other thing, Mittens, I think, you know, we were we were sitting around talking about this last week before we did the show uh, or before we decided not to do the show. And that question is, is so why did this happen? And do we want to speculate on why it happened? And I, I've come up with a handful of things that I think are plausible. We'll probably never know the truth because unless somebody takes you know credit for doing this, which they generally wouldn't do because that would be dumb. I mean, unless they're terrorists. Um, I, I've, I, we've heard like Plex for Good. That was in the news right around the time that the DDoS has started. Maybe that was something that, that got people's attention. So they started screwing around, especially the gold magnate sale. Uh, that happened, that was like a million plex that was donated. That was a big deal. That got press coverage right around the time. Oddly enough, and I didn't realize this until I looked at the dates, the DDoS has started on the anniversary of, of the Battle of BTEC R, which is like the biggest battle in history of EVE. It was six years ago, uh, January 27th. And, and, and that was right around when the DDoS has started. So coincidence, maybe, probably, but that's an interesting thing. Uh, there's always talk about whether an angry botter who had gotten banned in the runs that they did a couple months ago had just taken time to plot out how he was going to get back at CCP and he took advantage of, of it and, and, and did the DDoSs to do that. Um, that I think is probably the most plausible because that we've seen that before when folks get mad when they get banned, they do stuff, especially the guys that, are, that have the technical savvy to put these bots together. Uh, they tend to be the ones that probably have access to a botnet uh, to be, to be able to do a, D, a DDoS attack like this, or maybe it was you know the war in the north, and we can talk to to Norhouse about that. But you know we've seen in the past accusations from other groups that what they've been, what what has happened outside the game and problems logging in and the old uh, plsphere.exe joke and things like that uh, that people have tried to do things like this, or at least we think they have, in order to impact in-game stuff. And there is a big war in the north going on, so who knows. But what do you, what's your yeah. take on that, Mins? Do you think that's likely, or do you think this is more somebody being well? Pissed? 
I, I mean, I, I think that uh, I, I'm not going to speculate about what, what the reasoning for it are is because, you know, we're not going to know unless somebody like takes responsibility or something like sometimes there is somebody is mad and will say I'm mad because of X, Y, and Z. And sometimes, um, you know, they're doing it just because they can. And, and I think one of the reasons why the CCB thing is so fucked up and why we're still dealing with this is that, uh, you know, every single online gaming company in the world and all sorts of online gaming guilds, be they, be they, you know, EVE Online alliances or World of Warcraft guilds or whatever. Basically, if you have a, a website on the internet, you need to have some sort of like mitigation strategy or some sort of like DDoS hardening because it's going to happen eventually. And, uh, you, you know, one of the things that's just kind of weird to me about this whole thing is like, you know, this uh, org wise, it's just kind of sad that CCB doesn't seem to have a functional mitigation strategy when this is, a thing that happens it's a thing that has happened repeatedly over the course of eve's history and in the past they were able to deal with it i'm not sure whether there's like some sort of organizational failures that are taking place there it's probably not you know worthwhile to speculate but part of the reason why we are in this extended you know if you can get away with something and they can't stop it there there's no deterrent to, from keeping the guy from continuing to do it and so really like as this continues i'm glad that uh we figured out the whole VPN thing and like doing stuff. So the large organized groups can do stuff, but for the smaller groups, and, and this is something that, uh, you know, our producers have dived into here and spoken to some uh, members from smaller groups. Uh, you know, they have been really kind of screwed over because the smaller groups that aren't able to be like, okay, guys, we're gonna have a fireside chat. We're gonna all get VPNs. This is what we're gonna do. This is where we're going. You know, who can log in? The, the Imperium had a survey. We surveyed our coalition to find out what regions we could have players log in. And then we got everybody together in a fireside chat and we told people which was the best VPN to use and how to use it. And these are kind of like the mega corporation organizational scale of like, yeah, okay, this is what we do. We're gonna get tens of thousands of people to do X, Y, and Z, problem solve, move on. If you're a group of just a couple hundred guys, you know, you don't have those tools because you don't need those tools. And I think that really where we're seeing the big impacts of this, this DDoS stuff um, is, is really at the, you know, it's the little guys. It's always the little guys. The little guys get fucked when uh, big changes happen, when there's big nerfs. You guys have heard me make the bodybuilder analogy a million times before. You take a hundred pound weight and you give it to a dude who like, deadlifts all day every day and he's like okay well i'm carrying 100 pound weight like this fucking sucks but i'm carrying 100 pounds no big deal i work out with 500 pounds or whatever it is uh and then you give that same weight to a dude like if somebody handed me a 100 pound weight i could maybe hold it for like i don't know a few minutes actually probably only just a couple of minutes i'm not i haven't been lifting recently but i'd just be like oh my god this sucks like 100 pounds i can't do a damn thing but if you give it to a power lifter he's like yeah okay like, i can just walk around with 100 pounds extra all day it sucks but I'm trained for it. And that's the scenario that we see here when you have this complex uh, issues, adversity comes up. And uh, I've got a, we've got a, a quote here actually uh, from one of these Reddit threads. Uh, so here is a, a report from one of the smaller organizations uh, saying, uh, what, what has occurred here instead, talking about the DDoS, is that one side we are a tiny alliance and extremely U.S. time zone heavy, much like the other groups that were mentioned in the thread. Unspoken wrote, uh, who are often our enemies, are experiencing the same issues for the same reasons we are, close parent. Uh, we've been able to move in, uh, these guys have been able to move into what effectively seems like an abandoned region because nobody can log on to it from the DDoS. 
They've been able to anchor structures and the people that lived there were unable to log on and contest it. They were then able to like take sovereignty and uh, they were unable to do anything about that. And then they ratted up the military index of YXIB uh, in a matter of days in complete safety. And this, uh, let me see what region we're talking about here. This is in Vale of the Silent, guys. So Vale of the Silent is a great example of a region that is full of people which are like relatively small entities because like we glass those regions and sort of let the sort of let a thousand flowers bloom. And uh, yeah, so that is uh, bad for the game. It is shitty that these guys are in a situation where there's no counterplay available. And unfortunately for the health of the game, players in that kind of situation, if they don't have a path to victory, will inevitably blame CCP because every other fucking game company out there handles this kind of thing on a regular basis. CCP in theory used to be able to do it. And it's just been going on and on for days now. And like, seriously guys, what the fuck? Uh, that's basically all I got on that. All right, so I don't. We don't want to belabor this because you know, for those of us who have been dealing with the DDoS the last two weeks, I don't want to hear any more about it. So we're done. Next, let's bring we're done. Let's, we're let's, we're let's, gonna let's do talk, some good stuff. Politics. Let's talk about yeah. actual in-game stuff. So for those of you who are bored shitless, listen to us talk about DDoS. We're done. Our guest this week, and I want to thank him for being here. We're going to grab him in a second. Is Norals from Fraternity? We're going to talk about Chinese server. We're going to talk about the history of fraternity on, on TQ and what's going on in the North. So we're going to jump in here to the NullSec Power Hour. Norhouse, thanks for joining us. We appreciate having you on today. Hi, Brisk. So how are you doing? <laughs> Great. Great. Uh, I'm sorry you had to sit through, uh, through half an hour of Mittens and I spurging. We appreciate you uh, being willing to listen. That's fine. We had a lot of problem with DDoS as well. <clears throat> How bad did you guys get hit with the DDoSs over there? Well, pretty much like everyone else, except for the U.S. players. Those are like worst region. I know guys who lost thirty-five except uh, Rokos at the same time. Mining drones. Thirty-five Rokos during like when the DDoS. I'm sorry. Hit, like thirty-five X waiters. Okay, that's that's just crazy. Right. That's still crazy. I, so I uh, yeah, I've got like a it, whole bunch of potential questions, actually. Sorry, please continue, Horace, if you've got something more on this. I, no, I, I no actually... it's, it's just pretty hard for CCP to do the reimbursement in the SRP system. I bet like people God. being submitting tons of tickets nightmare. or, yeah, and they don't just okay. don't have the manpowers to take over all that. I just okay, can't, I can't I'm going to talk about more. Sorry, we, we, we came in here. I'm interrupting because... We we swore we're not going to talk about the fucking DDoS, and we we brought us right, on yeah. to talk. We're about We're still talking it. about it. You're right. Chinese cool. alliance politics. So basically, for people that aren't familiar, and the entire Eve player base is going to have to learn their way around Chinese community politics. The reality is is that there are large mm -hmm. Chinese player, mainly in Chinese player groups on tranquility now and they have achieved enough power to be strategic forces that need to be reckoned with and understood so we've been talking a lot about like ranger regiment been talking a lot about fraternity and so what i'd like to do norris here is to essentially give you an opportunity to say hey guys assuming that you know the audience has people that have never really paid attention to any of this stuff who right. is fraternity where are you guys from tell us a little about your history and what's going on all right, yeah. Uh, assuming no one has heard about Fraternity before, we started 60 years ago in tranquility from its former show called Panda Supremacy, founded in 2009. These are all the facts that you can find on .land. 
So unlike many people believe, Eternity is actually a homegrown alliance funded in tranquility. But we were never big. People come and go. And we never maintained to have more than, I think, 300 people in a single time zone that is often ignored. So we never like, quite make our voice until, I think, three years ago, the Great Migration when Serenity server shuts down. Or I think the Serenity will be on like a semi-permanent test running. They never be able to find a new proxy that will be willing to give them license. That's kind of like a government, Chinese government issue thing. Yeah. So basically, I've never personally played on Serenity. So I don't have much like better knowledge than you guys have to talk about that. Basically, all I know about them, and I heard about those stories, but my personal impressions are built on my actual interaction with those people that are from Serenity and in this server. So they are certainly like Serenity immigrants in my leadership team, like my cabinet. Mm -hmm. uh, but they rarely let their favors, right, at their opinion to interfere with my decision making. They will provide their experience for sure. And they will tell me, like, like this leader is trustable and this one maybe less. But as always, they will let me decide how much I would like to take. So, and I make decisions just simply based on my best interest of this online. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just judge someone because what it does in serenity. And quite frankly, I'm not so good at it. So at managing those personal relationships among them, because every alliance like uh, VVV, Range Regiment, the Army of Mango, they all have a personal network, which I previously can't see. How things are done in their fashions, I didn't know. I'm still learning to understand them, right? So do you and, feel like you're, you've just been like thrown into like, you know, you're, you're haven't been on the on serenity or, serenity or anything like that you had a pre-existing alliance here in your own time zone and then suddenly now there's the great migration and suddenly everybody is trying to learn like army of mingos reindeer Re regiment and uh this stuff involving uh like uh miss rabbit or whatever yeah. like there's all yeah. this really complicated politics shit happening and it's sort of been dropped in your lap so you personally might not really have an opinion or like not really know where all these relationships are going, but could you talk a little, a little bit about what it's like to now like FRT is from what I understand opposed to Ranger Regiment, you've just had this world of politics just dumped in your lap. Right. So where does FRT stand regardless of your personal feelings? Like you've got people from Serenity in FRT, like where are you guys vis-a-vis the Ranger Regiment guys vis-a-vis -vis the Army of Mangoes guys versus Vina Vici. Like, what's, uh, and, you know, why is, like, is there a particular grudge match between FRT and, actually, that's probably the best question to start with. What's with the whole, we, we've been told that there's this whole thing between Ranger Regiment and FRT. What's up with that? So, Ranger Regiment, when they came into Tranquility, I think, four years ago, they were with us uh, in Detourit, and they kind of we kind of split in like a peace term, uh, friendly reset each other a short while, 
and they went for GOTG. And we've been glued with GOTG for more than I think, five years, and like all the time since I know Sword Dragon. And that standing has remained until recently. Uh, it's pretty complicated. I think it's mostly about my personal grudge against. Now we're Rock talking. I, I heard. I heard the magic words. I had personal grudge. Personal grudge. Let, let, let's focus well, on this. This yeah, is I know personal grudge. Bad. Let's let's get in there. <laughs> but yeah, like really sad. He he really actually has a pretty deep understanding of all this stuff. And you have a Chinese corp in Goon's Room called PLA, right? Mm -hmm. People's Liberation Army, and they used to have an FC from RNK called Falcon. This guy is actually the second hand in Army of Nango. So Fulcrum is who you're talking about, who right. is, right. This okay. person, right. This person is now in charge of the Army of Mango, basically. And uh, per their personal network, which I don't quite understand yet, and some maybe some money from Miss Rabbit, they build up a very close relationship with Ranger Regiment. So now we have Ranger Regiment and AOM standing together, basically. So what is, like, I remember when there was a Rooks and Kings video uh, and they were sort of like trying to explain some of the things that have been happening on, uh, you know, on Serenity. And uh, that was, I think, the first time that like Miss Rabbit popped up on my uh, sort of radar as the person. <laughs> right. Was that the leader who like all the people on Serenity like suicide, like they just blew up all of their ships? Was that her or was that somebody else? What's, maybe you can no, tell us a little bit no. about the background there. I, I believe she's a pretty new player. I don't think he... She has ever played in more than a year. Okay. She just came into the server, yeah. And everyone just went crazy for her and her money. Basically. She's the one who, who got bought Ranger Regiment, right? Is that what that, if I recall That's correct. correctly? Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't know about details yet. Just just some rumors. Just that's that the allegation, bought. was that she, right, she right. bought Ranger Regiment. Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. What? So what's the personal beef going on with between you and Fulcrum? Uh, and what, what's, what's that about? We're going to use this FC in PLA, and I I might have called him a pretty trash FC sometimes, and he's a pretty arrogant person, has a pretty arrogant personality, and we kind of build up there, and we'll never get it over. And he is like the leader of the biggest army in Serenity, so he knows a lot of stuff about strategically. Once he moves in, his alliance from Serenity, I know what this pretty much inevitable that we're gonna have a fight over this because the community is so small the chinese community is not like huge there are only this many people you can play with or you can fight against right with him being the second leader or the second biggest alliance in tranquility then we're gonna have a fight so and here's I'm a kind question of worried. yeah oh you're kind of worried please please go yeah, on, i'm kind of worried worry. i'm kind of worried that AOM will move too close with Ranger Regiment, or eventually AOM might absorb everyone that is not in FRT. So it will eventually become kind of FRT versus the rest of the Giants. I don't want hmm. that scenario to be true. So in a sense, I have to kill Ranger Regiment before it happens. Besides, Omist is kind of a shitty region to live with, if you might agree with that. I know you are. Yeah, I mean, Omis, Omis is we like agree. Eastern Pakistan. <laughs> it's it's nowhere. Right. There's only much you can develop alliance in Omis. If they want to develop uh, to the next phase, they have to move on somewhere else. But 
pretty much the universe has been divided up by the cakes being divided up. The only entity that's relatively smaller and weaker uh, are in the north right now. What do you think about actually, Brisk? I think uh, did you want to get a question in here, Brisk? No, I, my my whole thing was it sounds to me like there's definitely a culture clash between the Chinese players that started on Tranquility and the Chinese players that have come over from Serenity. Do you, do you th is that is that accurate? Is that is it, do you think that's right, Naraus? Or is sorry, what was the question? That that there's a culture clash between those of you who started on TQ and those who started on Serenity. And, and that, um, because of that, I mean, is that, is that accurate or is it less about that than it is? Other I things? believe it's less of an issue. We usually okay. like cooperate with no problem. There's some nuances about how things done uh, between these two groups, but eventually, I don't think they make any difference. Like, okay. uh, we have a lot of people coming to Goons, and they set it up pretty quick. So people actually adapt pretty quickly. I. Uh... I want to shift away from just talking specifically about uh, FRT vis-a-vis -vis the other uh, Chinese player alliances uh, and wonder what your perspective is about what's happening in the Galactic Northwest where like all of this stuff is going down and uh, you know FRT has been working with uh, I believe Horde and NC Dot and uh, mm -hmm. Legacy Coalition. And uh, yeah. so let's pivot to that. What are you guys up to in the North? What sort of objectives do you think are of value up there? And can you just give us an idea of what the theater is like? Right, right. So it's pretty simple. After I after we left the turret, I have no other goals in the game other than destroying those people who those Chinese alliances who actually fought us against us during the war. And the first of all, it would be AOM, but almost too far away. And if AOM think Branch would be their second home, then I'm gonna have to destroy that. So I actually don't care about who lives in that space. I don't I don't care at all. I don't care about Severian Squad or Kalajari Alliance, those Japanese alliance. I don't even not care about Sword Dragon, who just happened to be the leader of GOTG, which Ranger Regiment is in. So that's pretty simple for fraternity. We're gonna destroy that alliance. That's interesting. So how do you plan on doing that? Like to actually destroy oh, Ranger Regiment? Well, it's pretty hard. Like in more than you, you can't kill Alliance by just evict them. Right. You, you have to turn friends anymore. into enemies. You have to find the fracture points. You must find the right, most toxic right. personalities and radicalize them. You have to turn friends into enemies and just shred the entire thing. You know, the fun stuff. Well, gosh, aren't you, aren't you good at that? I really love to talk about this, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but it, it will it will tell us too much, you know, the plans that haven't been done well yet. So I'd love to keep it um, in future. For yeah, you, you got you got to play yourself. you got to play your your cards close to your chest. I got right. that makes sense. So 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 essentially, fraternity's goal in the war in the north right now it's it's not just a glass, you know, territory that Ranger Regiment has. You guys want to take these guys out permanently. That's that's interesting. That's that's definitely uh, is that is that shared? Story. I mean, yeah, that that is really interesting because like the question is like you have a grudge against this <laughs> fulcrum dude, uh, right. and you want to destroy Ranger Regiment. 
could you, and you know, when the leader of an alliance is butt blasted about something, it's usually pretty easy, you know, that that's usually enough as far as grudges go for things like that to, to uh, snowball. But uh, how, what's, can you speak maybe a little bit to the feeling of the line in sure. uh, line members and both FRT and in Ranger Regiment, like you have a personal thing against this fulcrum dude, but do the guy, does that trickle down all the way to the rest of your dudes? That's right. Like they also mad at Ranger Regiment or is this just a Norris thing? Like that, that's a, that's a good question. People usually view fraternity as the defeater, uh, as those defeater from Serenity and they join fraternity because they have nowhere to go in their own server. But actually, we have people from PIBC, the Serenity PIBC in Fraternity too. They don't have a personal grudge against PIBC or Fulcrum or Mental himself. But I don't think I'm using Fraternity as my tool for my personal ven vengeance. Uh, Not the thing is, AOM. Uh, maybe, but I'd love to. Everyone <laughs> has a straight problem though, you know? I'd love to, like, everyone, line members are on the same page. They really hate AOM, maybe. But the thing is, AOM has pictured us as one of the most evil and untrustable alliances. And me as the most, like, degenerated leaders in the game. So the hatred has been built, like, between us two. So I'm not too worried about my dudes. A hesitating shooting AOM. Some of them I know are actually like uh, not so with me about shooting Ranger Regiment. They say like we were friends five years ago, four years ago. Why do we have to destroy them? And I'm like, okay, sorry, but well, we have to for the best interest of our alliance. Otherwise, they're gonna unite together and be too much of a threat for us. Well, speak, speaking of that, I think one of the things that I think is interest to a lot of us is when we're looking at the lines being drawn in the fights in the north. And for those of you who, who didn't see, uh, there was a pretty significant battle in PF Tech and Venal uh, on Thursday. Uh, there were nearly 2,700 pilots involved in this fight. It was over a Siberian squad, uh, Fortazar, uh, that I had. That was my jump clone up to PF Tech, so I got to I got to get another jump clone up there. Uh, over 1,400 ships were lost, and 163.4 billion ISK was lost. The fight was basically Fraternity and PanFam, along with Test, versus Goons, Deadco, Init, and Mangoes, as well as X-Death, which I thought was odd. You see, the, the we don't off, often fight alongside the Russians, but we did this time. But the big thing there was Fraternity is fighting alongside Test, who you guys just got out of like a <laughs> six-month war. It, is that weird? Does yeah, that... what's up with that? Uh, it's it's weird, but I'm pretty sure Mitani will understand. We have to work with whoever that is okay and that is good for the situation. We even tattered on a task structure in Declan. I'm pretty sure that Google FC made some comments about that, like how things have changed. But yeah, um, we just went over with war. We went over a war with tasks, but. I don't think it's gonna affect us in long term. You guys had a war with Test years ago, then you decided you're gonna team together against Panfan because that's the only choice you had. Right, you go after you the greater team. enemy, and so like your your right. your calculus, I'm guessing here is like, okay, you just you want to take out Ranger Regiment, and you know th that's how it is with with the Imperium. Like literally, whoever PL and NC Dot work with is our 
enemy just because if they're working with PL and NC dot, those are the dudes that have got to yeah. go. And then everybody who's in the blast radius gets sort of caught uh, in the, the explosion. But uh, you know, that makes sense. It, but maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Like I understand from that perspective, now that I know that you guys have this grudge against like Ranger Regiment, now FRT working with Legacy makes perfect sense. Um, are you guys sort of operating independently because you're in like different time zones or, or have you really found that there's like a lot of like overlap between your organization working directly with Legacy in this campaign, and how does that feel? Is that like cool? Is it weird? How's it going? And we're like, you know, it was sort of curious because it's. Uh, well, we work rough. mostly independently. We work mostly independent, uh, at least like, apart from those big flies, big timers like in PF, and I think one in Zeppelin as well. I can't quite remember. I think it's a eight S two eight IHOP timer. Then we walk together, uh, twice or three times. And our line members are mostly okay. I'm certainly okay with that. Right. I just think like the end justify the means, and I don't really care. And that makes perfect sense. I mean, that, you know, there, as you noted, um, it seems obvious that the fight here, you guys have got a much bigger grudge against Ranger Regiment than you did against Test. And you know, it, it one one fight one week, and the next fight you guys are on the same side. It happens. It happens with us. Every major group. You, you see folks flip around. It's just, it, it was just interesting to see you guys finish a, a six-month war and then go right into uh, another one uh, fighting alongside the guys you're just fighting. That's, that's one of the fun things about EVE is it's, it's just like real life. You see you know, weird, weird alliances and relationships, and the enemy of my enemy is my friend is pretty common. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you from the chat uh, was, do you guys have any non-Chinese uh, corporations inside fraternity, or is it all uh, Chinese corporations? Oh, we do. Well, it's much less than before than the Detroit War. Test basically dismantled my EU time zone because that's where the most pressure were from. We were used to have like six or seven English, German speaking corps in fraternity. And then we have Scare Yourself, like X Scare Yourself corps join us. Uh, I think four of those. And then I, I had to abruptly AFK for maybe uh, I think half of the war, and that's when most English-speaking groups leaving. Now I think what we have left the most in uh, English alliance or German alliance in within Winter Coalition, fraternity itself maybe have one or two English groups left. I think yeah, but we do have those structures coming. You guys had, and, and I remember Black Legion joining, and you had Elo doing fleets for a while. Has that mm -hmm. relationship ended permanently, or, no. or do you think he's coming no. back? Or? Elo himself, you know, like, he's taking a break for real life. And basically everyone who knows about him agrees with his decision. We all think this that, that is necessary for him, and that's for the best of him. I believe he's coming back. He's always keep talking about it. Well, maybe, uh, I don't know. March, April, could be any month. You will, I think he would be back, but I don't think he would be like as active as the many active as before. I don't think that's healthy for him. Oh, we, uh, we, we do wish him the best. I hear in chat right. that he might be having some health issues and you know, good luck, Elo. He's been, a, he's been a part of this game for a very, very long time. And when he's on and he's engaged, it's really cool because stuff blows up and things get done. Um, I have to ask, uh, this is a question that people have not asked, and this is just a rumor. And if you don't want to answer the question, you can. Uh, you can avoid it, whatever. 
but um, I would try to answer as best I can. Yeah. You know, grudge wars oftentimes, like when you find something really, really like people are like white hot, butt blast, angry and Eve online, uh, you know, it can be something like the, the great war or what have you, but like the casino war kind of started out of like um, some sort of like a weird, like sex scandal gone sideways involving space monkeys Alliance that had nothing to do with like the wider Imperium. What is with like, allegedly, allegedly, um, like, did you have a thing for this um, Miss Bunny girl or Miss Rabbit, Lady Rabbit, whatever? Is, is there like a whole like star-crossed lovers or like, you know, she rejected oh, uh, you? Uh, the accusation, the propaganda we're getting from the other side is that you had like a thing for her and she said no. And that this is all really? like some sort of epic like butt blast. So this is your opportunity to, to speak to that. Wow, I, I never thought I would heard that kind of rumors. That's something. Oh, you know, new. it's even online, baby. You, you you gotta you gotta have spies because otherwise you, you will new. not know what people are saying about you I mean, behind your back. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of cute, but I already have a girlfriend, so I don't think that will happen. Sadly, well, we okay. Yeah, I'm a you player, not a player, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, good to know. That's uh, that, that's enough on that. So yeah, if you didn't know that, that is one of the things that uh, your opposition, uh, something along those lines. I obviously haven't dived into the details, but uh, that was basically like, uh, oh, he doesn't like Ranger Regiment because he like wanted to go after Miss Rabbit or something or other, and <laughs> she said no, and that this whole well, thing was basically like, you know, uh, Pretty Girl said no or something. I mean, it's I amazing. She's pretty because people, people are crazy, believe, about it. right? Wow, I, I, I'm going to share this with her right away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You can, this is an opportunity to segue into, uh, into being a reply guy, I guess. Uh, well, what do we got, another, another thing that you may not want to talk about, but we want to bring up. Uh, two weeks ago when we talked about all of the, uh, the Chinese alliances and, and NC Dot and the rest of those guys, we talked about uh, they were making some propaganda, uh, some, some stuff about the coronavirus and things like that and making jokes about anti-vaxxing and and the rest and our concern was we wondered what you guys thought about that given that they are your longest allies you've been you've been aligned with panfam for for a long long time now yeah what was your did you see any of that stuff did it did it bother you what was your well, take on that you know what i'm gonna tell something like personal story i've lived in the states for more than a decade and i've played this game for more than seven years i think so everything i've heard Basically, in my real life, online or in the game, pretty much this kind of racism stuff or like inappropriate, maybe politically incorrect, they're everywhere. Not just from NCDOS, from PL. I've known a guy in PH, and I think he's a FC or director or something. He used to type something that really would piss Chinese off, and I just broadcast him on grid. So, I, and I've seen more from random Russians, random wormhole people, or from the Imperian. I don't think that's necessarily linked to any kind of entity in the game that is super racism, maybe apart from tissue. But yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, tissue are basically just uh, human garbage, fundamentally speaking. So yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. They're just like overreacting about this, you know? Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, if you put if you put 1488 units of gas in your ships, you are dead to me. You make Benghazi jokes, you're dead to me. You're fucking anybody who would follow Lex Arson, who I don't even think that guy plays anymore, 
but human fucking garbage. You tweet shit about the murder of one of my closest friends. It is fucking on forever. Long after Eve Online is dead and gone, I will remember you. Uh, but <laughs> that's that's me just being fucking crazy psycho when it comes to, to things like Benghazi stuff. But there you go. Uh, those people suck. We don't like racism. And in the Imperium, when we see people doing stuff like that, if it gets reported and we're able to be aware of it, you know, you control that stuff. You control your line and their like worst impulses. If people need to do that, uh, you just throw them out of an airlock and people get the memo eventually. Um, well, true. I mean, the point I'm trying to make is like, there are people who got away with it, even the Imperium. We just didn't, they just didn't show themselves in the spotlight. And that was a fight where NCDOT invite their Chinese alliance and to fight another Chinese alliance. So to me, that feels like a perfect propaganda time, you know? But actually, every alliance has garbage like that. And you can't always, you can't always like control all of them. There are some people out there in the internet who say things like that. So we just kind of, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Did personally, I would Did you have any conversations with, with any of the leadership guys about it? Did you talk to them about it at all? Uh, I talked to an FC and talked to Lady, and I clarified what Red Pokemon is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I told them, like the outbreak right now, it's kind of serious stuff, and it's not something to be loved about. Right? I knew people. My my girlfriend is in the Ground Zero city, and she's Jesus still Christ. like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Going on yeah, there, there's even in like Wisconsin now, like like this is one of the things that does bother me about like, the whole like the whole coronavirus thing is it's fucking horrible and it's a global pandemic and it is getting everywhere and it is, you know, this is you guys are going to hear this a lot from me if you tune into like my my silly planned politics show next week is that it actually has less to do with politics and more like what I call the William Gibson style, uh, the jackpot, right? The, com the, the complexity apocalypse instead of like one thing that goes wrong in a society, you have Australia on fire, the climate's heating up, there's novel viruses coming, the ice sheets in Greenland are melting and God only knows what sort of like ancient you know, archaeobacteria are sort of uh, underneath there and just things are spiraling in a various way. So like the Corona thing is not like, the coronavirus is not like, oh my God, China. That's like, you know, as the world heats up, there will be novel pathogens. And this is something that people have been afraid of and paranoid about for a very long mm. time. And it's not yeah. just a China thing. So don't make jokes about a fucking pandemic that for all you know, in a little bit, you might end up suffering from. So yeah, let's, uh, let's try to keep this shit together. And I'm, I'm glad you had those conversations. Cause I'll tell you, at least you know, from our perspective, after our show and after you talk to them, it all kind of stopped. So that's that's kind of what we were hoping would happen, and it did. So I got to give NC oh, and these guys credit. They 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 put the tamp down on the nonsense. Uh, I know they weren't they weren't pleased with us calling them out on it, and they gave us a hard time, and they gave me some shit, and I had some folks come after me, and I know they called Mittens a hypocrite and the rest of the stuff, but uh, it stopped. Yeah. So hey, oh, no. I don't care. You want to call me names? Hey, that's fine. But you you did what we wanted you to do, which is stop with the nonsense, and and I mean I. Finding out that your girlfriend's in Wuhan—that's that's that's a huge. That's deal. fucked up, so man. That us, is fucking you know, terrifying. I'm so sorry to hear that. That kind of makes this a lot more personal for all of us employees than it would have been otherwise. So we're yeah, we're gonna keep uh, thinking of her. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, on that sort of uh, doom and gloom note, gloom note. Uh, so I was really delighted to have you on uh, and get sort of the inside story on what's really going on. 
uh, within FRT, and we'd be delighted to have you back on the show. And, you know, here at the Meta Show, uh, I love it when I hear that some, like, groups are so mad that it's like a personal grudge, hate kind of thing, you know, in-game rivalry hate, not like out-of-game kind of thing, uh, because it really does fuel... Uh, these grand narratives and these epic wars, things like the Great War or the Casino War or what may be happening now between FRT and Ranger Regiment, that kind of like personal animosity really does uh, create some uh, just amazing uh, spaceship warfare. And that is what this is all about. Um, so as we are about to end for the uh, evening, again, I just want to say next week, we're going to be doing our crazy first uh, real world politics talk show, which will be after the meta show, will take just a couple minutes break for me to like take a piss and do whatever. And that'll be next week with uh, Dirk McGurk, with uh, Grath Telkin, with myself, and possibly with uh, Big Bill the Boss. I'm sort of throwing this thing together last minute. So if you're into that kind of thing, look for it next week. Uh, if you're not into that thing, don't watch it because it's just going to be Paul Eve nerds talking about real world politics with their spaceship names, right? So it's completely optional, no pressure. Um, so thank you to Norris for coming. And Brisk, do you have any other things you want to say before we uh, say goodbye? For oh, this week? Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, pretty much. And, and definitely, Norris, we appreciate you coming on. We definitely want to have you on again. It's very interesting to get this this kind of background. Uh, for, the Mit, for the Mitten Show next week, I'm looking forward to watching that. Unfortunately, because of what I do for a living, uh, me getting out and, and talking about the people that I work with and have to go see every day would probably be a bad idea. So that's why I'm not going to be on there. You were my first choice. It was like, I oh would, my God, look, we I should would totally do to, this. I'll tell you right now, talking about politics outside of Virginia, and even then I get in trouble sometimes. So I got to be careful. But you got to keep your nose clean. Politics right? is good, but real life and job and stuff, it, you know, that was, the, that was the joke. Everybody giving you a hard time with your, your comments. Uh, I was like, hey, you know what? He's got a lot of influence in Eve. I got a lot. I got more influence in real life than I have in Eve. Mittens is is, is doing both of them. So hey, you know what? That's fine. I do my but best. I try. In any event, all thank right, you all for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for for joining us on the Meta Show again. We'll see you next week, and you stay classy, New Eden. <laughs>